What's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Mad Nucleus Podcast. And I'm your host, Justin Felton. You know who I be. And thank you all for listening once again. And make sure that you press that subscribe button. No, that's the follow button on Spotify and the favorite button on Anchor. And also make sure you sign up to both platforms. They are free of charge. All you need is your email and just make up a password and you're good to go. All right. Today is the review of week four. Since it's all wrapped up, you know how I do every week on this podcast. And we're going to start off with the Lions versus the Bears. This was, uh, you can say, an interesting game because these are division rivals going at it. And, you know, this the, the highlight of last week is the same highlight of, like, of this week. And one of the main headlines around the league was about Justin Fields starting and what he do better in his start. And he got the win yesterday. No, he got the win Sunday. Yesterday was Monday. Um, the score was 24 to 14, the Bears. Uh, the Lions, you know, they, they competed. They did what they could. But again, they fell short. This is what bad teams do. And, um... The Bears did just enough to win, and they came away with a chip-away game. But let me look into this game more. You know, I saw bits and pieces of this game flipping through the channels on Sunday. And I don't know what what really went on. I can only go by the stats and the highlights. And I'm not going to sit up there and watch 14 or 15 minutes of highlights about this game. But Jared Goff had a pretty good game. He went 24-38, 299 yards, and two touchdowns, no picks. You know, who else? Man, yeah, the running game was pretty solid. It was uh, about, let's see, about 90 yards on the ground overall for everybody and not much else going on. Not much else. Um, who had a good game? Who who was on whose fantasy team from this this, you know, Khalif Raymond? Three receptions, 46 yards, but two touchdowns. He caught both touchdowns for the Lions. So he was probably somebody's fantasy on somebody's fantasy team and won them a little bit of money. But not much went on in this game. Well, who, let me let me see what they did for the Bears since they won the game. Gotta forgive me, I'm feeling a little sluggish today. Um, Justin Fields had a solid game, eleven for seventeen, two hundred nine yards, but he had a pick. Ugh. You gotta work on that, young man. Whatever that pick was, I hope it wasn't your fault. Hope it was a tip ball. I did not see. But nobody really had a good game except for the run. 23 yards. No, 23 carries, 106 yards, two touchdowns by David Montgomery. He's probably on somebody's fantasy league. But I ain't in the business of fantasy. I want them results. And the Bears got the results in this game. What else? What else? What else? What they got? What they got going on here? Man, not much else. 
The Bears' defense showed up just as I thought. Their defense has been always been pretty solid. That's been the foundation for many generations for the Bears, and they came through. And, of course, a good solid running game, a la Walter Payton, you know. All right. That's that for this game. Next, we have the Browns versus the Vikings. Now, this game I expected more scoring in it. But again, I was looking at it. It was late in game. You know, uh, the Browns was driving and it, the score said 11 to 7. And I was like, what is this, a high scoring baseball game? But nevertheless, for those who love defense, this was their type of game. You know, if you thrive on defense, you're the type of person that like to win games 12 to 9 and things like that. This was your type of game. Not much scoring at all, but who had the best game out of everybody? Was it somebody on the defense? Because Baker Mayfield was game managing in this game. He went 15 of 33 for only 155 yards. So who was Kareem Hunt? Kareem Hunt was the guy. Nick Chubb had a good game with no touchdowns. 21 carries, 100 yards, 4.8 average. But Kareem Hunt, 14 carries, 69 yards and a touchdown, 4.9. Um... Any sacks? Who got a sack? Williams. Because this is a defensive game, so you, you got to look at who got the most sacks total, sacks, fumbles, interceptions, everything. So I'm looking, and I don't know. I see only one sack given up. Um, no INT. No, it was an INT by Williams. He's a uh, DB. And it was... Two sacks totals. There was two guys with half a sacks and one with a whole sack. And on the flip side, let's go to the loser, the Minnesota Vikings. What did they do? Kirk Cousins with 20 of 38, 203 yards, one touchdown, one pick. He was a guy that they was talking about them being. Uh, he was a guy. Yeah. I'm tongue tied. He was a guy that was supposed to be in the MVP race like several other new guys who've never been in the MVP race and he was playing like an MVP I mean yesterday yeah, that's a solid game at best so it doesn't take him out of that race but they need more out of it seems like they need more out of their ring game I mean they only had what 60 they had 65 yards on the ground. That's not going to get it done against a team like the Browns who know how to play the run, know how to play the pass. But I think I would take my chances on running on the Browns. So you got to be a little patient. And uh, Jefferson caught the only TD for them. Six receptions, 84 yards. And, you know, not much else. I know they played a solid defense, several sacks given up. Uh, they got about three sacks in this game. Browns with the victory. So who do we have yet? Texans at Bills. Do I need to go over this game? Bills won 40 to zip. They dropped the 40 burger. Anything else I can say about this game except for, uh, you know, we can look at stats. And the only stats I'm going to be looking at is Buffalo. Sorry, Texans fans, but man, ain't much you can talk about a 40 to nothing game. Davis Mills, had, okay, man, let me go to the Bills. Josh Allen, 20 for 29, 248 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. 
Mitchell Trubisky got in there for a play for one for one eight yards. So they must have been using, uh, you know, maybe he got in there, you know, just to hand the ball off and finish the game. Wow. They need Tyrod Taylor in, in, in Texas, in Houston, badly. Mitchell Trubisky is, he carried the ball for four times, 10 yards. This must have been at the end of the game, ain't nothing. I mean, nothing, nothing stands out about this game except for a blowout. 40 to zip. Ah. Next up, Chiefs at Eagles. Ah, Eagles tried, but Chiefs had a little bit too much firepower. 42 to 30, Chiefs at Philadelphia. All right. Mahomes, 24-30. Very efficient. 278 yards. Five touchdowns. Only one pick. And I'm pretty sure he was throwing it to everyone, not just one guy. But it says here, Tyreek Hill, 11 receptions, 186 yards, and three touchdowns. Boy, whoever had him on fantasy must have won a killing. Man, my God. And other guys caught touchdowns. Red zone. You know, this is crazy. Jalen Hurts had a great game. Jalen Hurts, 32 of 48, 387 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. But it wasn't enough. They had to get something out of the, uh, yeah, their running game is non-existent in this. Jalen Hurts had to be the running game, eight carries for 47 yards. <laughs> Kenneth Gainwell, three carries, 31 yards, and a touchdown. So fantasy, the quarterbacks in this game was going to rack up fantasy points for those fantasy heads out there. How much did you win? How much did you win? None of my business, but I'm pretty sure you got paid something, depending on how high the stakes were. And for this type of game, with Mahomes involved, yeah. And Jalen Hurts is proving to be a fantasy guy as well. Next up, I don't want to talk about this game, man. The Seahawks beat my 49ers. 28 to 21. Give me a second. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Where do I start? In this game. How in the hell? How in? God's name, do you have time of possession on your side? Dominate time of possession for 25 minutes in the first half out of the 30 and come away with seven points. I may be asking you, but also I can answer the question to what I'm asking. Now, you may have your reasons. I have mine. Watching the game uh, um, Sunday, I can tell you why. The first drive, perfect. Jimmy G goes, what, six for six or seven for seven? One of those and a touchdown. Okay, second drive. It would fall a little short, but we were still driving. 
it's like we were going up and down the field, but, you know, one incompletion or, you know, some kind of miscue happens. It's like, okay, let's get it the next time. Third drive. Looks like he's got it together. You know, he does a draw fake play. He's, he stares to his left. Then throws up the middle, a pick. The linebacker was very patient. Reading his eyes. They know that Jimmy makes the majority of his throws when he does a fake. Or, you know, play action or draw. He's going to go up the middle, whether it be the Kittle or Debo. They were patient. Read his eyes, knew where he was going to go. He throws the pick. And the rest, uh, it went downhill for us ever since. He just seemed rattled after that, playing the, the whole first half, just seemed rattled, jittery. And bear in mind, he only got sacked one time, so the O-line pretty much did his job in this game. In the first half, more so. But he was rattled, jittery, and it seems like every time he makes a mistake, here it come. This is where the running game would have to come and play. But here's the problem. The running game is banged up. Three out of the four backs is out for this game. Trey Sermon actually had a good game. Trey Sermon was actually almost on every carry was getting six or seven yards a carry. Trey Sermon had a very good game. Let me see what let me see what he had. Give me a sec. Trey Sermon had 19 carries for 89 yards. That's not bad. 4.7 a carry. That's not bad. The young man is, is learning. As he's getting his reps, he's learning. But here's the problem. We're a multi-back system. We use multi-backs. And we rely heavily on the run. And when with Jimmy G being so limited, and a lot of you still don't want to grasp this, still don't want to come to terms with it and still be in denial, that's you. That's a you problem, nobody else's problem. When you have a limited quarterback who makes those type of mistakes, you know, the running game is there to back him up, supposedly. And you have to have a solid defense. The defense was doing the damn thing in this game. The defense held them scoreless up until the last two minutes of the half. The defense was was just was everywhere. But you got to put up points if you dominate possession. And Jimmy G just can't function without that kind of running game. He just can't. He's not that type of quarterback. He's not going to beat you with his arm. He's not going to beat you throwing up the top. He's limited. His throw, he, There's a reason why he is at the bottom of the league of quarterbacks completing passes for more than 20 yards. The de- This really wasn't fair to the defense. And the play calling was so anemic and Kyle couldn't open his playbook. It was just a shame. More on that in a second. And... You know, going into halftime, you know, I kind of felt, man, you can't let these guys hang around. We should have been up 24 to 7. 
And then they said Jimmy got injured. Somebody stepped on his calf, which I think is a cop-out because Kyle has seen more than enough from Jimmy. And they saying, oh, he might be out uh, a couple of weeks. Then they turn around and do a 180 later on yesterday and say, oh, he has a chance to play. He might just step in and play. Like, nah, bro. Against Arizona, you got to open up that playbook. I'm going to take my chances with Trey on this one. Sorry. So the second half starts. Um, Seattle, um, on the, is it the second drive of there? The second drive? They they get the 14 to 7 jump. Okay, we're down. You know, uh, Trey gets in uh, his first two drives. Uh, he doesn't do well at all. So uh, at the start of our supposed third drive, the special teams fucks it up just badly. Muffs the punt, cannon, you know, trying to be a hero, trying to trying to pick up the extra yards instead of just land on the ground and stand there so we can have an extra possession to go and score. He muffs the punt, spotting them at the, what is it, the 25 or something like that, basically in their own red zone, and Russell Wilson throws a strike, 21 to 7. So now we got to play catch up. Every possession was important from then on out. So Trey actually gets his uh, act together. He throws a wobbly kind of underthrown ball to a wide open Debo Samuel in a busted coverage. And you can see the kid gained his confidence off of that throw because it was his first completion of the game. And he was wiping off the sweat and said, now let's go. And, you know, from then on there, he was doing a little bit better. You know, he was still throwing bullets. He was still kind of antsy and stuff, but he was getting it. But when it came to running and ducking those sacks, I swear to God, he ducked about 10 sacks and was running for key first downs, keeping drives alive. That's what you need. And you can clear and something else. You can clearly see that Seattle's defense changed as soon as they got word that Trey was starting the second half. They went from playing box when Jimmy was in there. They was playing box to playing pretty much a zone. Bear in mind, we was tied 7-7, seven to seven, but, you know, Trey's inexperience couldn't exploit it fast enough, but he was getting it. He was a fast learner. As the game got on, he did pretty well. He put up 14 points despite not having no practice reps with the first team and only playing a half of a football. It wasn't a perfect game. It wasn't a great game, but he did fairly well, man. The kid has got some of the tools. He's got things to work on, like his touch on his passes, but that comes with a little bit of time. Um, he needs to still scan the field, you know, and the O-line needs to get accustomed to him. But is but the problem is, is Kyle trying to play musical chairs with quarterbacks, trying to throw off Arizona, make him say, wait, wait, wait a minute. Oh, do we pick, prepare for Jimmy G or do we prepare for Trey Lance? You know, is he trying to play mind games with Arizona? But the problem is, who does your offense prep to have under center? You don't want to play musical chairs with quarterbacks in this league. So Kyle's got to figure out, does he want Jimmy to be the starter this week? Shall he be good to go? Or is he going to stick with the kid and open up his playbook? We shall find out. All right, next game. Enough of my game. Next game. Oh, uh, the Steelers at the Packers. Yeah, man, the Packers have been red hot since 
since week one. Since they got mollywopped in week, week one, Aaron Rodgers has been sending out a statement. And, you know, he is killing all that, 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 that talk, that good talk and stuff like that. He's just killing that with his play, as we did. But on the flip side, the Steelers, Big Ben is done. Big Ben is is just Big Ben is turned into Jimmy G, dinking and dunking and you know just very jittery. I think this this is the end of uh Big Ben after this year. He'll be what is he thirty eight years old, thirty nine years old. I don't think he'll make it to forty, and if he does, he'll be a backup for somebody. He's not looking good right now. It doesn't. Uh, I mean. He played a solid game yesterday, but he didn't look right. He, he just don't look right. And it's it's sad because Big Ben has been good in this league for so long. You're accustomed to seeing him bounce back after bad games, but he just cannot do it. And, you know, it's just sad. And Aaron Rodgers, you know, what did he do? You know, he had a solid game, 20 of 36, 248 yards. Two touchdowns. You know, the defense came through for Green Bay. It was one of them games where, you know, clock control and get a sizable lead was going to do the trick. And, you know, ain't much else to say about that. Next, next up is the Colts at the Dolphins. Wow, Dolphins. I did not know the Dolphins lost this game 27-17. to Oh, boy. Well, I thought the Dolphins could have been a dark, dark horse. They, they just look pitiful. You're pretty pitiful to lose to a Colts team that has really nothing. I mean, where do I start? Carson Wentz had a solid game, 24-32, 228 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. When Carson Wentz is healthy, I will say, the dude was playing like a top-level quarterback. Always has when healthy. Problem is, he's never available. The best ability is availability, folks. Jacoby Brissett played a pretty solid game, 20 of 30, 199 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. He's doing his job, but who ain't doing their job? The defense? Is it the lack of running game? That's what it looked like. They only had like 30-some yards on the ground rushing. That's not going to get it done. With a quarterback like Jacoby Brissett, uh, you need to get that running game going, and they don't have one. So I'm really not surprised that the Dolphins really lost this game. But come on, man. Not to the Colts, though. But when you don't run the ball, you can't expect to always win. Because you don't have a quarterback that's going to outgun a better quarterback. All right, next game. Next game is... Let's see, let's see, let's see what we got. We got, we got. The WFTs at the Falcons. 
Oh, man. Yeah, it was a real hard one to really pick because uh, the WFTs can't get out their own way. And it was looking like that for much of the game. But they came back with a miracle comeback. Taylor Heineke showed a lot of guts and got the victory for them. The Falcons, like I said, are one of them teams that can't get out their own way. Sure, they'll sneak a couple of wins in on somebody, but they can't get out their own way. I mean, what, what are we going to talk about? The bad defense by the WFTs. They can't afford to, you know, hope to win games like this with that defense playing like that because their offense ain't good enough to keep pace with other great offenses. It just so happens this game, they did it against the Falcons, whose offense is pretty solid, but not as great as it used to be. And they're not a good team. Riverboat Ron wants his quarterback to be a game manager and not a playmaker. Let me tell you the difference between a playmaker and a game manager. Playmakers, you go out, you tell a playmaker to go out to win the game. Quarterbacks like Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. You tell them to go win the game for you because they're playmakers. Game managers, you tell them, please don't lose this game. Just don't lose the game. Who am I talking about? Who am I talking about, huh? Quarterbacks like, you know, Jameis Winston. Quarterbacks like Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jimmy G. Um, quarterbacks like Jacoby Brissett. Who else? Um, those are the type of guys you tell them not to lose the game for you, meaning you're not very confident. Oh, yeah. And uh, Mac Jones up in New England. I'll get to that in a second. More on that. You don't tell them to lose the game for you, but you don't tell them to go win it for you. That's the difference between a playmaking quarterback and a game-managing quarterback. Next up, the Giants at the Saints. The Giants showed a lot of guts in this game, and they came away with the win, 27-21. to 21, And it wasn't really looking good for them, but they kept it close. I always say those sloppy games you keep close, the team that's being the most sloppiest, uh, but they're keeping it close, pretty much will walk away with the win. And the Giants were sloppy. But the Saints just didn't couldn't execute. They couldn't put them away. They were trying to get them a game. And Danny Dimes came through. Danny Dimes came through with his feet because Danny Dimes has always been good running the ball. And once he gets going running the ball, you know, the Giants seem to feed off of that. You know, that's the biggest asset of Danny Dimes. You know, the liability is he turns the ball over a lot of fumbles and stuff. Not so much as picks, but fumbles. And in this game, Daniel Jones... Went ham yardage-wise, 28 of 40, 402 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Way to go, Danny Dimes. You got to keep, you got to be more consistent, though. Saquon had 13 carries, 52 yards, and a touchdown. All right, and the Saints, 
Jameis didn't play bad, 17 to 23, 226 in the one touchdown, no picks. Uh, Taysom Hill threw a pick, two or three, nine yards. Come on, bro. Stop with the gimmick shit if he can't throw the ball. You got to be able to throw the ball in this league. He's a gimmick quarterback that can't really throw the ball. You know, his, his throwing motion uh, is almost reminiscent of Tim Tebow's. And you know how Tim Tebow is. Eh, you're not going to win with that. Sorry. Next up is... Who's the next one? Next up is the Panthers at Cowboys. I hate the Cowboys. Can't stand them. But they playing good. Hate to admit it. Lord Jesus. Don't get these fans started. Next week, please let these bums lose so they can be quiet. The Panthers' defense was supposed to be the best defense in the league. They didn't look like it uh, Sunday. They gave up 36 points on the road. Usually, your defense travels well on the road. They did not. And, of course, them missing uh, Christian McCaffrey may have had something to do with it, but they were scoring points. Sam Darnold had 26 of 39, 301 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. That's probably why. They probably spotted them 14 points in that with them two picks. Meanwhile, Dak Prescott, of course, dinking and dunking. I call him dinking Dak. 14 to 22, 188 yards, but he threw four touchdowns and no picks. Like I said, they probably spotted them 14 points and he didn't have to throw it very far. Yeah, you're not going to win games like that. Cowboys take it. Y'all still some bums, though. I hate y'all. Next up, Cardinals versus the Rams. This was supposed to be, you know, a slugfest. But Matthew Stafford was off in this game. Not taking nothing away from the Cardinals, but they should have been had last week. And this was the game where the Rams could have exposed them. They did not. Uh, it seemed like the Cardinals had the great defensive game plan of taking away Cooper Cup and forcing Stafford to throw to everybody else. And that may be a problem if they don't get that straight. And plus, them turning the ball over and the miscues don't help. You're not going to win against a team like Arizona turning the ball over. 37 to 20, it had to be a turnover game because the Rams, uh, if they play turnover free football, they're right there with you. They can fire and they can score right there with you. But when you turn the ball over, I don't care how good you are. You can be Tom Brady. You can be Joe Cool, Johnny Unitas. You'll lose games like that by that type of margin. And the NFC West being loaded the way it's loaded, it forces you to get your act together. You have to. But it's one game, it's early, you know. But by now, everybody should have their uh, their kinks worked out between the fourth and the sixth game. Cardinals take it. And they have the lead on the division so far. Next up is the Ravens and the Broncos. The Ravens win this 23-7. Uh, the Broncos are starting to get exposed. I, I'm rooting for Vic Fangio, but um, it may have been fool's gold up there in Denver. But this ain't the highlight. Denver is never really a highlight around the league. 
the highlight of this game was John Harbaugh chasing records. He admitted he wanted that record so bad. And when he looked at the stat sheet, he had to get it because he wasn't far from it. And do you want to know that record is? It was something like six or seven consecutive games were, or six or seven games were the quarterback could get 100 yards rushing. If there's anybody that could break that, it would be Lamar Jackson. Problem is, it didn't matter. They want, they had the game one. But instead, John Harbaugh was like, no, let's get them extra three yards. They were three yards away, 97 yards. Let's get them three yards so we can say, hey, we broke a record this year. Yay. Instead of the objective being winning games, winning the division, winning the conference, and winning the Super Bowl. But he was worried about chasing some meaningless record. You know, it's like, really? His brother Jim wouldn't even think of doing that. Jim just wants to win any way he can have. But John, he's like, hey, I want to chase records. Good coach, John, but come on, man. You better than this, bro. You better than that. Come on, man. Do better. You better than that. Next up was Sunday night game. Buccaneers versus the Patriots. This was a game I thought had was going to have a little more scoring because both teams got whooped last week. The Bucs got whooped last week by the Rams. Turnovers and stuff, bad secondary. And the Patriots got whooped at home by a sorry Saints team who isn't very good. But it turned out to be a low-scoring, drag-out fight in the rain up in Foxborough. And you know how those those rainy games go. It's going to be low scoring. And it's a test to see if your quarterbacks can really make the throws. And Tom Brady really wasn't looking too good. Uh, Belichick, instead of, you know, really blitzing him, was playing more so zone and coverage. And in the rain, you can kind of, you know, in the rain, you can kind of, that's like the only type of game you can kind of play zone coverage in because everybody's slicking, you know, they're having trouble trying to grip the ball and stuff like that. But Tom Brady is one of the best bad weather quarterbacks in history because he's played up in Foxborough for so long in snow, rain, sleet, you name it. But in this game, that wasn't the case because a lot of those other players aren't used to playing in that type of weather. And as far as the Patriots is concerned... <laughs> I've heard Niner fans say, see, we should have went and got Mac Jones. What for, I ask. And I'm going to tell you why. You may not agree with me. Mac Jones may be the most pro-ready, but here's the deal. He don't fit Kyle's scheme. Kyle wants to open up his playbook. A lot of us are, are, are hard on Kyle because of his coaching decisions, but in all fairness to him, he doesn't have a quarterback. He does now, but... You know, in three, four years, he'll probably be ready, depending on his progress. He doesn't have a quarterback that can open his playbook. And I'm and I know Mac Jones is not the type of quarterback. In fact, the the reports that came out was uh Lynch was all in getting Mac Jones. But Kyle said, no, it'll be just it'll be just like having Jimmy G all over again. You know, if we trying to get rid of Jimmy G, why are we gonna go get the the guy that 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 has the same play like Jimmy G that resembles Jimmy G. 
you know, he, he'll be an unproven talent. And in all honesty, he would struggle in Kyle's simplified offense because, you know, it's so much to learn. The running game would be helping him, but with a banged up running game, he'll be in the same position as Jimmy G. So, no, we don't need Mac Jones. He's more pro-ready for Belichick's system because Belichick, much like Nick Saban, played the same type of system, a control, simple, simplified dink and dunk system, no fancy stuff, no gadget plays. That's it. That's why he looks more pro-ready for, uh, for Belichick. He's perfect for Belichick, not for Kyle. But you saw the game managing ways last night, especially late. They went a stretch where he couldn't really complete throws. And he was looking kind of confused. They put the clamps on him. And even Belichick saw it. And this is where I'm getting at when I said more on Belichick was it was fourth and three. And they were close to the red zone. They were actually driving finally. And it was a fourth and three. They could have went for it because you're kicking a field goal in the rain of 56 yards. I don't think I would put my kicker in that position. I would want to get a little closer. You know, they could have went for a fourth and three and Belichick said, now nah, go ahead and kick the field goal. You know what that tells you? It tells you he does not trust his young rookie quarterback. He knows he's a game manager. Again, what did I say about playmakers and game managers? I'm not going to explain it again. I may in another podcast, but you know what that be. All right, next up is the Raiders and the Chargers. They played last night. That was a blowout game at first, turned out into a good game, and then turned out to be a chip away game. As I knew, the Raiders are fool's gold. Raider fans, you know this. Same stuff every year, almost. Start off pretty hot. Then fade, get a couple of wins, fade. Let me explain something to you Raider fans. Super Bowls are not won in September. They're won in February. They used to be won in January until they added all this extra stuff, but they're won in February. Y'all don't know what it's like to play in February. Y'all don't even know what it's like to play in January anymore except for the regular season. And now you got served humble pie. High taste. Justin Herbert's the real deal. Derek Carr's fool's gold. He's a stat pattern. And that's all he'll ever be. His primetime record is among the lowest. He's the type of guy that gives you 350 yards a game and three touchdowns but comes away with a loss. And it's always usually... Him making some boneheaded mistake at the end of the game like he did last night. Don't believe me? Go look. Sure, you got some weapons, but y'all can't put it together because Chucky's not that good of a coach. He's overrated. Derek Carr went 21 of 34, 196 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Not going to beat the Chargers with that. Nobody was running the ball well. Then you got down early because your defense couldn't stop nobody, especially that bad secondary. And the Chargers had problems in their secondary too. Let's not kid ourselves. Their pass rush is good, but when their pass rush don't hit home, their secondary suffers, much like the Niners does. I can admit that. 
I keep it tall on this podcast, man. Justin Herbert, 25 of 38, 220. You a, a lot of dinking and dunk. 20, 222, three touchdowns, no picks, though. No mistakes. That guy is really something else, though. And solid games all around from the offense. And the defense did it did its job when it was supposed to. So, you know, that wraps up week four of this episode. And we will be back with week five starting off with Thursday night in a couple of days. Until then, thank you all for listening to the Mad Nucleus podcast, this edition in particular, as well as every other uh, edition. And make sure you sign up to Spotify and Anchor. They are free of charge again. You just need your email and make up a password and you're in. And make sure you click that follow button on Spotify and that favorite button on Anchor. And I'll see you all again again and again. Until next time, peace and love. I'm out. Thank you.